Hello, and welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras. Call me Edwin. Um, please don't call me doctor. I think it's weird. I'm sorry. I even changed my Twitter name recently. Call me Edwin. But hello and welcome. Like I said, I'm your host. I You can find all my written content over at fantasypoints.com. That's where all my stuff is. And thank you so much for all of the great, fantastic feedback you've given me on the first episode we just put on, put out. <clears throat> so today we have a very special guest. And she's very special as in she's very, um, she, I'll call her intriguing on Twitter. Right? She's, she's a great follow on Twitter. And she's constantly putting out uh, positivity. She's constantly uh, keeping the peace in all the debates that she uh, finds herself in the middle of. She's always offering reasonable takes at all times with everything that she does. And I definitely rank her. I think if I had to, if, if she definitely would be in my top tier of gif gifers, if that makes sense, she uses, she's got great gifts on tap at all times. Kate, I'm sorry. I didn't ask you how you say your last name, so I'm not going to even try. Kate, how do you say your last name? You will not, you will not succeed. It is Kate Majuk. Um, you can find me on Twitter at FFBallWest. Thank you for those kind words, by the way. Um, no, of course. Keeper, I love it. Uh, Twitter Twitter does get out of hand sometimes. Sometimes I need <laughs> a little water on the fire. Um, I, I like to think of myself as like spicy water because I I can give my, my spicy takes too, but um, I, I give them in a very reasonable fashion and uh, I, I try to I try to be mellow and I, I try to be cool, but um, fantasy Twitter is a, a pretty, pretty interesting place to. It's a, it's a very interesting that. world. And, uh, like she said, you can follow her, follow her at FF ball blast on Twitter, right? That's yours. Yeah, that's me. I sometimes, okay. I sometimes can confuse yours and Michelle's and I'm like, yeah. which is which? We, we go, uh, <laughs> honestly, it, I feel like our usernames are almost interchangeable because, uh, FF ball blast and ball blast own. They like, if you write ball blast, both of us come up as tags. So like I get tagged in her stuff all the time. It's <laughs> like, we probably differentiate ourselves a little bit better, but that's okay. We're on brand. Well, before we get started, anywhere else you want to sort of plug for yourself? Yeah. Um, so we actually, so we do the ball blast podcast. We do um, mostly a redraft focused podcast, try to have some fun with that. Um, come out with episodes uh, every other week during the off season. We're going to be ramping up our content soon though. Uh, we actually just joined up. If you guys are familiar with the fantasy red shirts and um, we have merged brands and now we are one giant ball blast brand. Um, you can find giant ball. I know giant blast. ball, ball, ball space, dot, 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 <laughs> blast brand. Um, we're one giant ball. Yes. And we are, uh, we are rolling. I think we've actually, um, been, you know, we combined writing staffs. We're putting all our content on ballblastfootball.com, which I actually just rebooted the entire site myself. I am not a, a techno person or web design person whatsoever, but, um, I just poured, uh, probably 40 hours of my life in the last three days, uh, even though I, I'm working my full-time job on this website. So please oh check it out. give me some feedback on this brand new website. Check out our articles. We've got a really cool team working and, um, you know, we're doing all, all sorts of stuff. Uh, lots of rankings coming up, lots of articles. So um, you can follow our Twitter at ballblastfb. Yes, you heard Kate talking about where um, the the website that she just spent 40 hours of, of her life doing. I got to tell you, so Kate is a, a nurse 
and I obviously we are allied healthcare providers, so we both come from a healthcare background. And I got to tell you, we were talking before I hit record how I was completely clueless about anything podcast related. I am more clueless, Kay, about actually like building out a site and fleshing out a website. I have no idea. I could barely use like one of those template WordPress sites. So good for you. Like congratulations. And I, I was on the site. I was looking through it. And by the way, the red shirts are also a great group of guys, a great group of, of people over there. They do a good job. And this is like an all-star, all-star team they have rolling. So make sure you check out their site. But yeah, that's the fact that you put that together. I got to give you all the props in the world. It was, the alternative was hiring a web developer for like $1,200 and I'm too cheap to do that. So uh, you know what? It's amazing what, what you can learn when you're trying to save a penny. Absolutely. That's, I feel like that's the, that's the, uh, what is it? Oh, they say repetition is a father of, of learning, but I really think that necessity is like, yeah. the, is, a, is, a, is a mother of everything. So it, it that's really a good point. Okay. So let's let's dive in a little bit here well maybe not dive into the football quite yet but i wanted to check in on you because this is an injury prone podcast after all and i know that you were uh, having a really hard time uh, around last week i think this was this was actually on yeah. 4th of july 4th of july so um, this is a, an update for Kate for all of you wondering. So she's got hand, wrist, finger issues. They're piling up. And this is my analysis for her, by the way. Given her positional demands, it's really hard to imagine she's meeting reward count expectations. Tweets and tweets and typos are very, very much a possibility. I would place her in the red light tier, and she meets the rare criteria of being injury prone. So I appreciate you so much for being, you know, embodying the spirit of of the injury prone podcast. So thank you very much for that. But what's your recovery looking like? How's the finger doing? Um, it's actually not great. I've I've regressed in my in my progression. I I'm not doing <laughs> uh, too hot this morning. I could not pick up my coffee pot, which is the true sign of a de- detrimental injury. Absolutely. Um, if I can't pick up my coffee, you know something is is dangerously wrong. So um, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be working on uh, you know some some thumb stretches, but you know I I am absolutely injury prone. Like I even my, my in-laws, they, they make fun of me, like my father-in-law, we, we texted him that we were playing NBA 2K and, um, you know, he, he responded, Hey, did Kate sprain her ankle yet? Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. So you bring up a good point. And that's, that's one of the questions I'm asking is how did you injure yourself in such a way that even Michelle, even your wife was like, what the F oh did my you gosh, do? I actually, I need to tweet this out because I had this revelation, like, I don't know why this, so I wasn't chopping vegetables. I was slicing them on a mandolin. That is how I injured my right hand. I forgot that it was a mandolin incident. So, you know, it really just had a clean, clean sweep on the, on the blade there. And the tip of my finger just absolutely flew off. And I, I, I bled for Flew off. The whole thing flew off. It was disgusting. It was a bloodbath. Um, I, (laughs) I still finished cooking though. Once I uh, controlled the bleeding, I finished my recipe. I made some uh, beer battered chicken sandwiches, which were absolutely amazing. Oh, that, sounds, and, that sounds intense. Uh, I threw away the bloody potato chips and I made fresh ones. It was great. So I had to, all truth be told, I had to look up what a mandolin slicer is. And I'm currently looking at what that is on Google. Oh my God, dude. I'm like, you're lucky that you're alive at this point. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I definitely could have lost more of my finger. <laughs> Like in all seriousness, you could have like really legitimately hurt yourself. And it sounds like you did. Um, but good Lord, man, be careful out there. I was, I was going to town on, on those potatoes, but <laughs> last year I, I, oh my gosh, I, 
I've sprained my ankle so many times. I've uh, last year I got bit by a dog at a dog park and was in the hospital for. Three oh days. my god! Like, I if I can find a the one uh, one time I was playing football with my brother in law and we were just playing catch and um, he's got like a, a wicked strong arm but I caught the ball. And I actually had bruising up and down my entire arm for like a week. I looked mangled. And I think the the trainers at my gym were concerned and looking at me oh, sideways, no. like, do you need help? Like twice? Like, I uh, <laughs> I don't know. I need to take Good thing you're a nurse that. at the very least. I know. At least I can tend to my own injuries pretty well. Yeah. Possible. No that joke of that. So with that, we'll sort of transition a little bit more because I'm curious what what's the origin story of ball blast what's the name what's the story i know there's got to be something there right oh there is um beer is basically the the origin of the story so michelle okay. and I, I like um, to start yeah it, it every good story starts with a beer um Absolutely. so i actually didn't watch football before uh, meeting my wife michelle now what um, yeah okay sorry continue all that was so we met um we're coming up on six years now so congratulations thank you um so i i never watched football but uh our first season together or our, our first preseason together um somebody had dropped out of her keeper league which was like a family league and michelle vouched for me and her brother-in-law or my brother-in-law now um so like does she even know anything about football and michelle's like yeah, totally. So I literally, <laughs> I was like, I can't, I cannot piss off my future brother-in-law because um, he was very strict about who he let into the league. So I researched my butt off for months. Again, and necessity, the mother of learning. Exactly. Mother of all. I'm, I'm a creature of, of acquiring skills when I need them and only when I need them. Um, but we, we started playing and I got like, I have a very obsessive personality, if you can't tell on Twitter. Um, and <laughs> I, I just sort of dove in head first. And, you know, Michelle and I were at a happy hour one night and, you know, talking about, um, you know, just like we have so much time invested in the research that we do. Like, why aren't we doing more with it? Um, and we we're just like, what if we started a podcast? And, you know, we were a couple beers in and Michelle's like, let's just order it on Amazon. And that's the, that's the beauty of Amazon is whatever you, whatever you literally whatever you want shows up yeah. like the next day. So uh, we just sort of dove into it and it's, it's blossomed into, um, uh, you know, just a pretty cool uh, brand that we're, we're trying to build. I think you guys are, you guys are doing a great job guys and gals. Mm-hmm. I, I need to say, um, you're yeah, growing, no, you're, right. you're, you're I think you guys are a good yin and yang. Uh, I think that you and Michelle are, because Michelle, she's got some spicy takes. I've seen, I I don't necessarily interact or agree or disagree. I've just seen some people uh, super either really, really, really like her takes. And then there are some people who are a little, a little meaner about disagreeing with her takes. I think she gets kind of a bad rap. I think, because I've had, I've had some people say like, or I've seen some people being like, oh, you know. I disagree with her and she gets mad, but then you go and read the threads. I think she gets a bad rap. So she's saying one thing and a lot of times people take it another direction to sort of straw man her arguments or the things that she's saying. Um, That's sort of beside the point. We don't necessarily need to get into that, but um, I think you guys do a good job. You come in. I I remember reading one specific thread. This is sort of off the top of my head. I'm thinking of it now. Uh, You said uh, something along the lines of she was having an argument with somebody and you were like, Michelle, 
this is what this person's saying x y and z and then whatever the whatever the dude's name was was like you this is what she's saying i think you took it this direction you both and i was like dying laughing that you came in and like played mom and it was like my favorite tweet of the day i forgot that was like not that long ago yeah i i'm I'm always trying to uh trying to bridge the gap because like if you look at, at michelle's takes oh my god she like I've never met anybody that pours more of herself <laughs> into her work. So Absolutely. Um, you know, like she, she doesn't go with the grain just to go with the grain. And, but she always, always, always backs everything up with a buttload of statistics. So if like she puts out some bomb threads, go check out her threads. Like they're, she puts out some good stuff. It's spicy. So, you know, spicy isn't for everybody, but um, I think she challenges easy. convention. Oh yeah, people don't like people don't like when you challenge their way of thinking. I'm I'm learning that very quickly myself. If you even consider another idea that is not mainstream, like you were saying, people people get a little upset. Yes, <laughs> people want you to agree always. I I mean I like when people agree with me, but you know what? If we all agreed with one another a hundred percent of the time, we would have a very boring world. So exactly, um, I'm exactly. always looking to learn more. Absolutely. So sort of with that, that same concept in mind, um, what was it? I, and I'm literally coming from a place of genuine curiosity because I have the privilege of being a dude and this industry is just, it's a sausage fest. There's so many just dudes yeah. in this industry. <laughs> so what are, what do you think some of the barriers are for women to enter, you know, fantasy football sports or you don't even have to answer that specific question. You can just talk about being a woman in, in fantasy sports and, and media in general. Yeah, I think it's definitely, um, it's been a double-edged sword because like you said, fantasy sports is a sausage fest. Like the good thing about being a woman in this industry is that you do bring a different element to things. Um, You know, it it definitely gives you a different perspective and it definitely, um, it's easier to stand out, I think, as a woman talking about sports. But I think with that um, just comes the, the, you know, general perception. And I know there's, there's a lot of people that don't carry this, but, you know, sort of in the general, more general public, um, you know, there's still that, that conception that, that sports are for guys and, um, you know, that there's not really a, a big market out there for, for women uh, who want to play fantasy sports. But, you know, when you look at the, the data of, you know, who's actually watching sports, we have a lot of women that we just haven't tapped into, but, um, you know, I, I think that that's something that we can all do a little better on is, you know, trying to get more women voices out there because it, it's no secret that people like, um, you know, to digest information from people that are familiar to them and who are similar to them um, because it, it becomes relatable at that point. And at this point, I, I think women could use some more role models to um, you know, make some of that, that content more relatable. And, you know, so I think that the industry is pretty well, um, you know, I, I think we get a lot of respect in the industry. I think people understand what we're trying to do. Um, I think it's sort of just educating the the public that, you know, women can speak about sports and it's not because they think the guys are hot. Um, like some of the, some of the crazy stuff that I see. That's like, ridiculous. I, I've been told to get back into the kitchen far too oh, many times it, there there just comes that sort of double-edged sword where it's like yeah you're a woman you're different but you know other people see oh you're a woman you're different I don't like that so 
it's it's definitely interesting um you know i think as guys like what you can do to help just support your the women that you know you are uh interacting with every day you know there's so many good guys out there that do like a you know woman crush wednesday for all of all of the fantasy ladies but just trying to promote as much of that um you know solid work like all the articles and the the podcasts like there are so many, uh, you know, cool things that people are working on right now. Liz Loza at Yahoo has this great series coming out on, um, you know, injuries. And she's working with um, a physician out in, in L.A. with that series. Like, there's so many cool projects going on for women in fantasy sports. But I don't I just don't think they're shared enough for people to, you know, really see them in the mainstream. So I I think just, you know keep working on that and I, I feel like we're we're gonna get somewhere i would love yeah, to I see agree. More, more female faces and you know the the general meet like i know we have liz Lowe's and we have the the occasional um you know woman fantasy analyst but my goal is to be one of those women uh with a full-time fantasy football analytics gig within the year i'm banking there you go. If you think it, I mean, it'll happen in all reality. And it's not just because you think it, it's because you put the time in because you want to achieve what you want. So, I mean, I think that's great. And I think a lot of the points that you made are so, it's so simple and yet so out of reach because of like you, we were talking just general convention people, especially men, you know, the one argument that I hate that I literally can't stand and I'm not even a female is the fact that the, the argument of well, guys like to go somewhere to escape from women. Dude, shut up. Like, I need a man cave. Oh my God, just <laughs> shut up. Like that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You can, nobody's disturbing you. Nobody's going to take away from your precious sports time. Like it's just, it's one of the things that drives me nuts. So you heard it from Kate, support your local women. It's one of the reasons I wanted to have uh, somebody, Kate, and maybe I'll have Michelle on at some point. Um, I'll try to reach out. I mean, some of those, those bigger time ladies, they probably wouldn't want to come on my little, my little podcast. And Kate's nice enough to come uh, on here. No, I, Mom. The women of fantasy football are very generous and I promise you that. So seriously, reach out, reach out. And not that I speak for their, their personal scheduling, but the women there are so, so supportive. And you know what, actually to your point, if you need a man cave or you need, you know, sports to like escape your your lady, I don't think you're with the right lady. Like, you should be enjoying your sports with your lady, and you know, make, right? Exactly. Sports, you know, I think that you know a lot of girls they don't they don't like when their their guys are engaged in sports because it it sort of takes them away, you know, and puts them in a, a whole nother universe. If you bring her with you into that whole nother universe, like Michelle did with me, you guys could have something super special there. So exactly. I, I think, you know, even from a guy perspective, you know, sort of allowing, um, you know, your, your girlfriends, your wives, your friends who are girls, um, you know, in on the, the experience of fantasy football and sort of the information you like to digest is a great way to start just by, you know, starting those conversations and, and making feel, uh, making your, your friends and, and all of these women in your life feel like, uh, they might actually have a place in, in playing fantasy football. Exactly. Very well said. So you heard it from Kate. Make sure you oh. get your women involved, your females involved. Make sure you're not being a douche. <laughs> don't say dumb things. Just be nice. Everybody's a human. And if your thought is, well, I don't think that women in, no women in sports is a problem, then you're probably a dude and you probably have no idea what you're talking about. Yep. 
hundred percent. Now that I've antagonized half my listeners, let's move on here to, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, it's totally an important conversation. So I think it's very, very important. But moving on a little bit to initiating that, cause it's not something that everybody talks about. So. Absolutely. So I think we should, we should keep pushing the conversation forward. Yeah. And I was going to ask you sort of, we've, we've probably spent a little more time than I anticipated in the beginning. That was probably my fault. I was, Sorry, I was I talk too much. self-indulging in your injury proneness. But I was gonna, I was gonna ask you how your Scott Fishbowl roster is looking. Oh my gosh, it looks beautiful! It looks absolutely incredible. I am super happy with my roster. Um, what was your, I, what was your draft spot? My draft spot. So I am in the skip it division. I drafted from the uh, the four spot, uh, which I, I don't remember submitting that. I think I clicked it on accident, um, and it, <laughs> it. I just you nice. know I, I rolled with it, but. Um, you know, to, to kick off my draft, I took Patrick Mahomes because he fell to me at the 104. Then I got Ryan Hill, who I'm super excited as my second quarterback in this super flex format. Uh, super efficient passer, which is going to help me out in this in this format. At running back, I've got Josh Jacobs, James Conner, Mark Ingram, James White, who's going to be a sneaky son of a gun this year. I've got two amazing wide receivers. I got Chris Godwin, Michael Gallup, and then I round it out with Dallas Goddard and Tyler Higby. And I I couldn't be with how that team looks right now. Yeah, that's absolutely I'm sorry stacked. To listening, who is also playing in Scott Fishbowl? Because I, I I don't want to beat you out of the gate, but I I don't know how I I don't walk away with a um you know I I, I gotta walk away with the title right with a, there you a go absolutely like gotta crush him but that team sounds balling dude you got patrick mahomes he's got a new contract michael gallup i think is going to be a really really sneaky uh pickup as well i think i've seen michelle both maybe both of you guys have been have been touting michael gallup a little bit right oh absolutely you know i think um he's getting that sort of cd lamb discount which um i am I am all aboard for it. I love CD lamb. He's my wide receiver one this year, but I, the passing volume is totally going to be there for Michael Gallup. We saw him have an incredible sophomore season. He's making, uh, he's going to make that third year leap. If, if we couldn't already call a sophomore season, a third year leap, cause it was that good. Um, right, exactly. you know, he's, he's definitely not going to be hurting for volume and he's just, he's so cheap in your fantasy drafts right now because they're, uh, there's that overall, sense of fear that you know he's going to lose some work to cd lamb so take advantage of that and draft michael gallup absolutely staying in the nfc i saw one of your tweets from july 5th you said i feel like there are no sleepers in the nfc south every single player in the <laughs> nfc south is a top 10 fantasy asset no exceptions i don't necessarily disagree with that but who would you say in general from the nfc um would you consider maybe a sleeper or somebody that maybe is being drafted too low and why so the only two, like the only two real sleepers that I, I can like, I, I think are really true values. Cause like, that's, that's what I want to look at for a sleeper, not just who are people not talking about, but who are people not talking about that, that really I, I have to dig for in my fantasy drafts. And I'm actually coming up with two tight ends here. I'm thinking, um, cut or not Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith Jr. And, uh, you know, I, for Kyle Rudolph's reason, he's, um, right, I, I right. Don't foresee him with the, the team that much longer. And Ian Thomas, which I know everybody's oh, been on the yes. Ian Thomas 
you know, trained for like three seasons now, but this is this is prime season for Ian Thomas. I think this is it. Yeah. I it, every time he's gotten the opportunity, he's been astounding. Um, you know, in in that span of time, he was a, a tight end six when he was given the opportunity as a starter. Um, combine metrics, fantastic. He's got huge hands. He's fast. He's athletic. Um, I, I just think he's got all the opportunity. And, um, you know, you're looking at, at Teddy Bridgewater, who doesn't necessarily throw the ball all the way down the field. Right. He's he's probably going to want to use some, some more of those, you know, maybe mid-range targets, um, shorter range targets, work Ian Thomas out of the slot. And I think he could be easy money and for a top 12 tight end if he gets the passing volume. Absolutely. And the thing about the Panthers too, you just mentioned Teddy Bridgewater. He hasn't really shown a propensity. I mean, small sample, right? I mean, before his, his injury a couple of years ago yeah. uh, he, with the Saints, he, he didn't really, I mean, he had Michael Thomas, right? I mean, he could toss Michael Thomas the ball and Michael Thomas will catch the ball. If it's, you know, 10 feet above his head, he's going to catch the ball. And so you didn't really see him need to necessarily make the plays. Plus they had, uh, they had uh, Kamara and and Latavius Murray running the ball. I mean, they just they sort of coasted with Teddy under center. So it's going to be interesting to see. I feel like there are unfortunately two ways that this season could go for the Panthers uh, from a fantasy perspective. I think that it could be they're going to air it out with DJ Moore. They're going to try to get you know they're going to try to hit Curtis Samuel on a couple bubble uh, bubble routes, and you know obviously Christian McCaffrey is going to eat, and that's going to leave Ian Thomas out or. Christian McCaffrey is going to eat and he's going to eat in the passing game. And then Ian Thomas is going to eat in the passing game. And those other two dudes are going to be up and down and inconsistent. So I I can see it going one of two ways. And I definitely can see it going Ian Thomas's way. And, and spoiler alert, I do have an an article dropping tomorrow on our website about Teddy Bridgewater's fantasy outlook. Um, Like some insight. Um, It's not great. So, so check. What out did you that. say? Sorry, I missed that. What did you say? If you if you're looking or if you're looking for a preview, um, his, ah, his preview okay. is not not looking fantastic. At least in my analysis, I'm open to feedback. But um, no, I'll be dropping that article uh, Friday tomorrow. So check that out. Check. Make sure you check out her article on Kate's article on Teddy Bridgewater. I'm going to be reading it because that's something that I think it's interesting. Because I think that those skill players in Carolina, I think they can be okay from a fantasy perspective, but Teddy, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not sold on him yet. So moving on to the, I don't know why I said in the script, I said staying in the AFC. How about the, the AFC in, in particular? What, who do you got for the AFC? Ooh, a couple AFC. sleepers. Um, couple of sleepers. Okay. So um, this one's kind of gross, um, but just bear with me here. Um, I'm super excited about Brashad Perryman this year. I know everybody, uh, I don't think anybody wants to, uh, wants to own Brashad Perryman in anything, but I'm trying to snag him up wherever I can. I think we, you know, I, I've been watching Perryman cause he, you know, he was with the, the Cleveland Browns. I'm, um, I'm actually a, a former Clevelander, even though now I'm, I'm in the, ah. um, but I actually, Michelle and I lived in, in Cleveland when we met. So we, we watched a, a good amount of Cleveland football. Um, oh, that must I, I saw out of Perryman when he actually got, you know, some targets and I saw the same thing in Tampa last year. You know, I know we had, um, Jameis Winston, you know, airing it out to literally anybody and everybody, uh, regardless of uniform or team. Um, mm-hmm. but 
you know, Brashad Perryman, when he had the opportunity, you know, to step up because of, of injuries to Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, he absolutely balled three consecutive games to end the season with a hundred receiving yards. That's not like an, an easy feat. Right, um, right, right. You know, you, he, he did it on 12 or sorry, six, 12, eight targets. Um, and I could easily see that volume being there for him um, in a Jets offense. Who else are we throwing the ball to? We're not going to get, uh, you know, Denzel Mims is not going to be the barring factor to Rashad Perryman's success. I think, um, you know, for Scott Fishbowl in particular, I am sort of intrigued in uh, the Jamison Crowder route there just because I do think he'll he'll get some more first downs. But I think that uh, there's a good chance Brashad Perryman can lead that team in, in receiving yards in 2020. I, I think that you're exactly right. He's a super talented guy. He didn't run. I remember that I when I was looking at some of his previous injuries and stuff, I was looking at uh, his 40 time, and he didn't do – he didn't go to the combine, but he did a pro day. Somebody clocked him. One of the scouts clocked him at like – a four two nine or something. You've got so, a thing. I didn't know that. No, insane. And obviously, <laughs> those are our official times necessarily. But like, the point remains: he's fast, he's athletic, he's talented. He's still, you know, relatively young. I think he's twenty six or twenty seven. So, no, nah, I could definitely see it happening. Yeah, we could add a, a tenth of a second onto that time, and it's still be like, oh wow, that's a, that's pretty awesome. He's that's exactly he's capital. I think everybody forgets that he's a like a former first round pick, and you know, he's he's had some experience in the, in the league, but 2019 was only his fourth year. Like he, he has room to grow, especially you know, if he actually gets a, a substantial target volume. So I'm all over Brashad Perryman late round steal. Absolutely. Late round steal. Indeed. So I, we talked about how you're a Pittsburgh fan, right? So we'll stay in the AFC here. Of course. So who's going to win the AFC North and why is it Baltimore? I hate you. <laughs> I agree. I agree, but I hate you. Um, well, I had to bring it up, right? I, I, I mean, watching the emergence of of Lamar Jackson and just what they've been able to build around him in Baltimore is, uh, it makes me sick to my stomach as a Steelers fan because you. <laughs> I bet they're absolutely. They're building a a true a, a true legacy there. I think they're going to be something special for a number of years. Um, I, I still, I still like, uh, you know, our, the Steelers from a, a defensive perspective. Um, they made a lot of strides last year with the acquisition of Minka Fitzpatrick. He just sort of flipped that entire defense upside down. And oh my gosh, right? He he really pulled everything together, and I, I think they're still going to carry that potential. But I. You know, I wasn't a believer in Lamar Jackson, but I don't know how you could ever not be at this point. He's he's too good. He's insane. I'll, I'll give you this, though. I'll give you this, though. If there's going to be – okay, so Ben Roethlisberger actually wrote about him at Fantasy Points. Uh, I did an injury profile on him that came out yesterday, and he's a bit of a yellow flag to me for a lot of different reasons. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous from a fantasy perspective how the elbow might hold up just because it's not – set in stone that he had a a uh, Tommy John surgery, which there's so much evidence showing Tommy Johns are insanely good for elbows. There's actually some some articles that insinuate that he actually had a primary repair, which means they did they just sewed up the ligament instead of actually replacing it. Yeah. So there's not as much data behind that specific surgery. It could be great. Uh, it, it could like it, 
would you would you uh, infer that the the reason they go with um, you know the the version that Ben Roethlisberger had is it the recovery time or yes that's exactly right so the, it, they these players that have the primary they tend to come back faster and when you look at the decision that they made and I'm not saying this is exactly what I'm, I don't know for a fact but there it, it just seems odd because they specifically said in one of the articles I think that or one of the reports from Shefty I think said he didn't have a Tommy John surgery so they specifically said that so that makes me think and then talking with uh matthew betts actually who's uh richard's richard's guy so yeah. he he brought it up to me i looked into it a little bit more and it, i mean it's totally possible that he had that primary repair and yeah that's exactly why they would do that is to is to sort of hurry up i guess the recovery a little more but then you look at what he's doing and it, it i don't know i don't want to get too lost in the weeds <laughs> i can send you that article actually so you can take a look I at it love, um, i would love yeah I'll, I'll make sure I'll, I'll get that to you but what I guess what I'm trying to say here is it's not as a prove it's not proven to be as effective. And so we just don't know, right? I'm not saying it's going to fail or anything like that. It's just, it's sort of a little bit of a risk. And I'm sure they did that because he's a 38 year old quarterback. Mike Tomlin's like, dude, let's get this taken care of now. Let's get it. Let's get you back as fast as possible. Let's go all in. We got to beat that beast of a quarterback, you know, and over in Baltimore. And what I was going to say initially is that if that elbow does hold up, I think that the one team that could go, you know, point for point with Lamar Jackson in that offense is, is Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's proven, I mean, the dude throws, what is he? He throws like 600 times a year or something. So they've always aired it out. So I think if there's somebody that could, you know, compete with Baltimore in that division, it's going to be Pittsburgh. Oh, I do too. And I think they've got, um, you know, obviously 2019 was not, not a year for the Steelers offensively. Um, but we never really got to see, um, you know, sort of, a healthy team. Juju was banged up. Connor was banged up. We didn't have Ben. There were so many things that went wrong in that season. You know, I know a lot of people are even down on Juju Smith-Schuster, but um, you know, when he actually got targets last year, he was he was pretty efficient for fantasy football, and um, I think we can expect those targets to to go up as long as Ben Roethlisberger is under center. And I think Juju's going to have a bounce back season. You just you have a lot of young guys, but um, you know, guys with with tremendous upside, super excited about Chase Claypool. I think he's going to be a really interesting guy to see get involved in that offense. Um, you know, acquired Eric Ebron. I, I think it, it's interesting, it, but you know what? It's honestly out of all of the teams in my projections, I had the hardest time with the Steelers. I don't know if it's because I'm a homer. I don't, I don't Absolutely. know. It's because you're a homer. But it's hard. Like, <laughs> no, it is hard. It's hard. Oh no! It, there's so many different ways that the 2020 can go for the Pittsburgh Steelers that it's it's really hard to pick one lane and, and travel down it. Oh no! Absolutely, I I totally can see that. But yeah, that's sort of where where I stand. That's where Kate stands with with the AFC. She's trying to be as re like I mentioned, she's reasonable as reasonable as possible, and she's I feel like she's given a reasonable warm lukewarm but still a little spicy take so so then we just had the conversation about the afc north so let's dig it a little bit let's dig your heels into the reasonable sand a little more what do you think who do you think the afc champion is going to be in 2020 and how do you think they get there so just in general do you think that it's going to be an easy road a hard road what what, what are you, what's going to be their record what do you think so i i'm actually gonna i mean this is probably chalk but i'm going with the chiefs um, I, I really think they will win the AFC East, or AFC handedly. Um, and I think it has to do a lot with what they've done to um, secure 
assets within their offense that, um, you know, they're not bringing in a ton of new talent. They, I think they did that very much on purpose, um, you know, just to, to keep stability within the offense and, and create a, a stable environment for Patrick Mahomes amid a, a really weird offseason program. Um, where, you know, you don't get that time. So like all these, all these rookie wide receivers and even the rookie running backs, you know, even though they, they translate a little better in their rookie seasons, you have to be worried about all of these guys production right off the bat. You have to worry about their chemistry with the quarterback. You have to worry about their understanding of the playbook because they're, they're not getting that same, um, you know, sort of submersion in the offense that we wouldn't typically see them have. So you know, I think just from a, a meshing standpoint, we already know how all of those pieces mesh, and they mesh very, very well. Throw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in there, and it's done. Done for me. I can see it. I, I, I think that it's interesting how many people uh, are even mentioning the idea of Tom Brady in the AFC Championship against New England. Like, the, the <laughs> amount, the, the amount, the volume of benefit of the doubt... <laughs> And I get it, right? I'm I mean, he's gonna go. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue, right? He's, he's the best. He was the best quarterback of all time. He's 42 years old. That, that defense is still awful in Tampa, yeah. and New England is not. I mean, even though Cam gives them a good infusion and it, it gives them a chance, they're still not a lock to get to to get even into the playoffs at this point. So, yeah, I think I, I think I'm with you on the AFC. I think I'm going Chiefs to. Uh, especially with the shortened season, right? At this point, the shortened preseason, everything you just mentioned, uh, getting CEH into the fold. And I, it just, it all makes sense, right? And hopefully that uh, that 10-year contract comes, you know, gives them a little extra motivation at this Holy point. What am- this? Like, nuts, right? Months. Absolutely nuts. And the crazy part is too, is that he's underpaid. That is an underpaid contract. Yeah. And it will be underpaid in 10 years. It will um, be grossly underpaid in 10 years. Once we get that salary cap up, He's going to need to do some renegotiations as long as he can keep up at, at his current pace because holy moly. Especially if Whataburger comes to Kansas City. <laughs> then how much money does this, does the city of Kansas City owe Patrick Mahomes at that point, right? Did you see that tweet? I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. No. Uh, wait, okay. what tweet? The So Patrick Mahomes just tweeted at Whataburger. I think this was like a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and said he just added Whataburger and he said, when are you coming to KC? So this was this was like three weeks before his big contract, right? And then there are some reports. Who knows how true it is? Some reports that are like, what a because Whataburger is only in like Texas, the South, I think. Oh yeah. And Whataburger was like, oh yeah, Whataburger considering you know opening a franchise in Kansas City after Patrick Mahomes' tweet. So I I I doubt it'll happen, but that would be hilarious. Oh, so to have that kind of power, I I would be surprised if Mahomes ketchup moves out there next. Oh, dude, absolutely. So who who are the Chiefs facing in the in the Super Bowl then? Who's coming out of the NFC? Oh, I I have a harder time with the NFC. Um, I I think there are so many teams that are are really close in talent. Uh I, I this one's hard. This one's really this is a hard, hard one. Do you want me to give you mine? I I want to go with the Bucks, but I I feel, I feel like I can't do it. Um, so I'll go with the Seahawks, but I'd love to hear your. Were you about to say the Bucks? You, we just had the conversation about the Patriots and the Bucks, and you I were going to say you think the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. I, I gen so, and it's it's sort of counterintuitive to literally my previous discussion about the the AFC. 
but I, I feel like it matters less because it's it's the greatest quarterback of all time under center. Um, you know, I think Tom Brady. Okay, Brady you were so reasonable before this. Oh no! Okay. I know. All right, know. it's acceptable. That's you know what I'll take it. If we get to see that Super Bowl, it'll be fun to see Patrick Mahomes uh, hoist his second Lombardi. So, but it's fun. it's definitely going to be probably probably the Seahawks. I'm like I I don't I don't know what it is. Huge Seahawks fan here. I probably my favorite team in the NFC. I um they traveled to Pittsburgh last year and. Uh, Michelle and I went to that game and I geeked out it's awesome. the whole time. I was, I was just so in love with Russell Wilson and, and he, he's just such a talented quarterback. They have so many talented players around him. Um, you know, Pete Carroll does make some, some questionable decisions <laughs> at times, but you know what? He, he has made a few questionable decisions. <laughs> You're right. But he's a, he's a good coach overall. And I, I think, you know, you, you pay Russell Wilson to play football. I think, you know, I'm, I'm hoping they're going to really give him the reins in 2020 and, and let him ball. Absolutely. I agree. I'm a Seahawks fan. So I'm hoping the same thing. They just need to oh, take the damn wheels, training wheels off. Yeah. They need to take the training wheels off and it's so frustrating to watch every freaking Sunday, <laughs> but that's, that's just, just my rant. So I'm going to give you a few more guys here. Okay. So we're, yeah. we'll, we'll go into specific guys and I sent you this. So hopefully you have a little bit of an idea of how are you going to rank them? I don't want you to give any context. I don't want okay. you to give any type of reasoning first. I just want you to rank them. So we got OBJ, Mostert, who's now in a precarious situation, Tyler Higby, Keyshawn Vaughn, Rashad Perriman, Zach Moss, Todd Gurley, Deontay Johnson, Tyler Higby. So rank them. What are, what are your flex rankings of those guys? Um, okay, so is this redraft or are we talking dynasty? Let's say redraft, standard league redraft, non, non-super flex. Okay, perfect. Um, all right, so in that case, OBJ, Gurley. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking Tyler Higby. I think he's going to have a top five season. Wow, okay, I know, okay. I know. Spicy, spicy. It is spicy, but I, I don't think it's that, that spicy, right? Like, then Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss is going to have a top 24 season this year. I actually, um, so my wife, Michelle, is known as the Zach Moss like obsessor and I actually have him statted out uh, and projected for more uh more production in in terms of fantasy for 2020 which is kind of insane I think he's going to be a top 24 running back um then I'll go uh Keyshawn Vaughn, Brashad Perryman, uh Deontay Johnson and Deontay Johnson he's a guy that I really like for for dynasty, but I like, I feel uh-huh. like I'm so off of the, the Steelers offense just because there are so many questions. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Is that all? I think that's all, right? I think that's all. Yeah. Okay. So Where you heard it here first. I'm going to cut this piece. I'm going to say these are Kate's top players to draft at every single position, every single time, <laughs> regardless of format, regardless of context, draft them. Brashad Perryman is wide receiver one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So who's your, okay, so then of those, all of those guys, I think I might know the answer already. Who's your favorite? Ooh, honestly, I think it's Tyler Higby. I, yep. I figured at this point, I am, he's going to have a big season. I can see it. I, I genuinely believe that he's going to just absolutely shock the world. I know, um, it's been sort of hard for me to watch as the Higby truther. I was, I was, you know, sort of banking on drafting him super late. And I feel like, um, 
you know, Twitter sort of caught up to itself and his ADP is starting to rise. Don't like that. Um, but I, <laughs> right. I, yeah, I need to like calm down on the, on the, um, you know, the Higby front because, uh, it's, it's not doing me any favors for, for 2020, but I actually, um, even in Scott Fishbowl, which, you know, that's tight end premium league. I took him in round four, which I, that's not bad. I am not, um, I was for, for most of the, uh, you know, first few days or so, the, the earliest Tyler Higby drafter. I am no longer, but you know, who beat me out? Um, Who's that? Uh, fantasy football diehards. So you've got Bob Harris there beating me out for Tyler Higby. I'll take it as a compliment. Absolutely. Then, yeah. When I you get sniped, flattered. you know, yeah. you're on the right track. Yes. I, I when you get sniped by someone sharp like that. Yes. That, like it's the perfect compliment. So. I, I think, you know, he, he's just a guy that I, um, I think has that perfect combination of talent, opportunity, um, you know, contract situation. It, he's just got every, you know, that's how I try to, to envision these guys, not just from a, a statistical standpoint, but I, I really try to look at situational football. And he's a guy that has all of those elements wrapped up into one, and he's going to be the tight end. Five or four. Tight end, what was that? Sorry, a little louder for it. So people in the back, tight end what? I'm not ruling out four. I think I, <laughs> I, at the lowest five. Okay. okay. All right. Great. We can do five. I think that's more than reasonable given given everything. You know, the tight end, everybody loves to talk about the tight end landscape, the tight end landscape. The bottom line is that the position just sucks at this point. There are usually ups and downs. There are peaks and valleys. There are years where it's good. There are years where it's worse. But, you know, anything, it literally, you can't rule anything out. And Tyler Higby's got the talent in the situation, like you were saying, to be a top five dude, and I can see it. I love it. So last question here. Uh, I saw your article, like, went out at four for four. Uh, I think you're new there, right? Didn't you say that that you just started writing four for four? I did, yeah. I um, I don't even think I mentioned that in the intro. I should probably start doing that. Um, no, that's yeah, all right. They, they actually just brought me onto the team, which, I am super, super Congrats. excited about, um, you know, they, they do a lot of, a lot of fantastic work. So my first piece there was uh, on DJ Chark being, you know, one of the, the cheapest wide receiver ones that you can draft in 2020. You know, I think people uh, look at his production last year and there are plenty of question marks within the offense that, um, you know, causes his draft stock to fall. But I, I feel like, or fantasy draft stock to fall. But I think people forget that, you know, he was a former second round pick. He ran a four, three, four. Um, you know, he, he didn't have a stellar uh, rookie season. Um, he had 14 receptions for 174 yards. Uh, he was like, he was gone. All right. Like no Bortles though. Isn't that the Bortles year? Uh, was it? Yeah. 20, 2018. Yeah. Bortles. Oh, yeah. Bortles. He's so bad, but you know what? We'll we'll forgive him for his rookie season. Um, he he definitely just absolutely exploded, and he was actually a guy that um, we uh, I, I follow some some Jacksonville beat reporters, and he was actually a name that was popping up, um, you know, on on some of those guys' twitters throughout training camp. Yeah, you like that? You just like, to see that. like those splash plays. That's where that's where all the the off season gold is is in those beat report. Uh, beat reporters Twitter accounts um, p- people were high on him coming into the season and it, it seemed like it was just the the most best kept secret um, but you know 
they have sort of a similar scheme moving into 2020 as they did in 2019. They uh, didn't, you know, take Fournette's fifth year option, but he's still going to be there for now, barring a trade. Um, you know, he's going to be out outside of D.D. Westbrook. He's, he's going to have all of the same uh, sort of cornerstone pieces within that offense uh, returning to Gardner Minshew. I think that he's, he, oh, he's the quietest thousand yard receiver of all time. Why does nobody talk about him achieving that in his second season? Yeah, I think that's absolutely, I think you, you're spot on there. It's, it's funny. And I think the attention, uh, like the fantasy community in general is always looking like the new fancy shiny toy, right? So everybody's looking at, at CD lamb. I mean, this isn't an absolutely jam packed stacked receiving class. I get that, but they're rookies, right? They can be, you know, they can be good. And just like Terry McLaurin, Darius Slayton, all those dudes were good last year, but you also can't forget about the, the, the dudes who are coming into their second, third year, like Chark. And I think you make a lot of good points is that we just have such a short attention span that a lot of times when we find values, when people like you find values uh, in, in drafts and ADPs and stuff like that, it's a lot of times because our attention is just shifted. And I think one of the, I think something that you're so good at and something that, that I've learned from you just in this episode is that you're good at staying focused, which is something that I have a really hard time on because I, my attention span is just short, but if you can stay focused and find those values, like you were saying, and apply the context that you're applying to, then this, this stuff doesn't have to be so hard. You don't have to overthink it. Right. Sometimes it, we do, we get ahead of ourselves. We get too deep, um, into the stats we get, um, Sometimes I think we we do we overthink everything and and when it comes down to it like DJ Chark is the wide receiver one for his team he's heading into his third NFL season he had a, a thousand receiving yards in his sophomore season like what, what what are we projecting to change so much in that offense that we wouldn't see more of the same absolutely I couldn't agree more that's great so before we get out of here though I got a, I got one more little section here I sent for you so I hope you have your answers ready. I do. So we're going to play this or that. Okay. okay. So essentially I'm going to give you one option or the other option. And we're going to learn a little bit more about Kate and we're going to see what kind of person she is. And we're going to dig dive deep into her soul <laughs> and see exactly what her character really is. So That's we'll start with, there. yeah, we'll start with zero RB or zero wide receiver. Zero wide receiver. Do I give context? Do I, Ooh. Do I give you know what? I want you to give a little context on that one. I do. Um. So I, I'm, I'm genuine or, you know, generally in, in dynasty leagues, I'll go zero wide or I'll go zero running back. Um, Cause I want that core of steady, uh, steadily producing wide receivers, running backs, you know, they're so impossible to stream. So in a redraft league, um, so if I can get a solid core of running backs. I can play the waiver wire for my, my wide receivers. If I'm confident enough that I can assess, um, you know, matchups against corners and, uh, you know, defensive matchup. Like if I'm confident enough in my skill to do that and I am, then I'll take my chance on the waiver wire and, and try to hit on some of those later rounds um, then try to stream the running back. Cause that just doesn't work. Yeah. That's tough to do. I, it generally depends for me. I either, I usually do either a modified RB or just pretty far on the other end of, of, of zero wide receiver, honestly, which I, and I don't even do intentionally. It just sort of, sort of comes to me. Okay. So you're zero WR. That's great. Yeah. So how about, how about this one? Hip hop or K-pop? Hip hop. I love, Absolutely. I love hip hop. I love rap. I love R and B. I, 
Uh, so the weird thing is I'm sort of on two ends of the spectrum. Um, you know, I, I like hip hop, I like rap, and then I like uh, like the alternative emo screamo music. So like I'm, I'm really two different people inside of my soul. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Who's your favorite? Okay, so who's your favorite? Who's your favorite rapper, artist, hip hop artist? Um, come back to that. I I need to think okay. on that. Well, who's your favorite screamo artist? A day to remember. That was quick. You were quick with that one. Yeah. I like, I've just, I've been listening to a day to remember so, so much lately. Um, I'll go through fate. Like I said, I'm, I'm an obsessive personality. Um, you know, so I go through my phases of, of what I listen to on repeat over and over and over. Um, that, that just happens to be the phase I'm in is, is, um, a day to remember. I, I've been listening to them constantly. I do like a little, I do like a little uh, data remember myself. Yeah, so how about this one? I, I might know the answer to this one already. Okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe I don't. I'm, I'm trying to think. Lamar Mahomes. I'll go Mahomes. Ooh, explain that one too. I, I told you no context and then I'm like asking follow-up <laughs> questions. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, You know, I, I just believe, uh, you know, I, when I'm looking at Lamar Jackson, I, I think he's, obviously the most athletic quarterback that we have in the league. Um, he's, I think a generally generational talent, but I think we see the same thing from, from Mahomes, And I think that um, I'd rather lean on the guy that does it with his arm than his leg. Like they're, they're one a and one B for me, but you know, I'm, I'm going to take the chance on um, the guy that I believe to be the better passer. I know. I mean, I, there's no, no way in the history of earth that we could ever see a repeat in Lamar Jackson's efficiency from 2019. It just, it, it's not, it's like strike me with lightning. If it happens, I like, it's just not possible. Um, and, you know, I think that, that Patrick Mahomes, that he's just a better passer for me. Yeah. I, I think I'm on board with that. I, I think it's, both things can be true. You can have an extremely talented quarterback in Lamar Jackson who will be successful in the future, and you can have potentially, potentially, right, one of the best quarterbacks to, or the best quarterback who ever played uh, in the next 10 years in Patrick Mahomes. So both things can be true. I love it. Okay. This one I'm interested about. Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? NSYNC. I agree. Friday Night Lights, the movie or the series? I've never seen either. All right. Well, I'm about to end this call. Um, <laughs> Are you going well so to believe all the audio from this podcast? Yeah. So here's the, here's the deal. I think that if you watch the series, I think what ends up happening is people who watch the series prefer the series, like who watch the series first, okay. prefer the series. People who watch the movie first prefer the movie. So if you want a good cry, like within like with like two hours, then Friday Night Lights the movie is the one to watch. But you should watch that. You has you should you should ask Michelle if she's seen it. You guys should watch it together. It's a good movie. <laughs> That's okay. So you are going movie here. I'm going movie. Absolutely. Okay. Perfect. You'll, you'll have to get back to me on that one. So this one I'm interested in too. So as you're an analyst, right? So what do you do? You prefer reading or do you prefer podcasts and videos? Um, honestly, it depends on sort of what I'm doing. Um, if I'm sitting at home, I'll, I'll take reading. Um, I I really like honestly even even reading on Twitter. I people that you know construct threads. My wife does them well. 
Um, I love reading Twitter threads. I like, I'm just sort of a natural reader, but you know, if I'm, if I'm roaming around the house, um, you know, I love to put a podcast on, If I'm walking to work, love to put a podcast on. Um, you know, I, I, I think it depends on where you catch me, but I'm generally a written word kind of, kind of person. Love it. I agree. I'm, I'm the same way. Tupac or Biggie? Uh, you know, I'm not big on either. But I have to go Biggie because I. Okay, I that's the right answer. That's Biggie. acceptable. Um, it, You're you know, what? Sorry, what'd you say? I I've just listened to more Biggie. Um, I you know Tupac. I I never I I've listened to a few songs and I I never had uh, that that Tupac influence in my life. So um, I'll go with Biggie. That's okay. Biggie's Biggie's fantastic. So last one here: Zach Moss or Devin Singletary? Zach Moss. You're going to have to follow Kate at FF Ball Blast to give more context of why she wants Zach Moss. Or you can listen to this episode back again, listen to the whole thing. So I think that's it other than one parting shot of advice, like a simple piece of, of an injury of advice band-aid since we're on the injury prone podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So a little, little band-aid of advice. It can be fantasy football or it can be otherwise. What do you got? Um, you know, so I'm, I'm going to stick with fantasy here. Um, I, no, you know what, let's, let's stick in and we can, we can do two little band-aids. Um, cause this other one popped into my head. Um, my, my one was just going to be, you know, don't overthink your fantasy football leagues. Like we, we mentioned this before, you know, you can, you can overanalyze so much. And sometimes it just happens to be like, who does the coach like? And you know, like we can analyze. Ten thousand percent agree. Yep. Yeah, and like sometimes we make it too difficult on ourselves. So like, if you're ever like knee deep in just stats and you don't know what to do with them, take a step back. Um, just look at look at situation. I think people don't uh, spend enough time looking at situation. But in general, my life advice: let's be kind to one another. I feel like we need some positivity in the universe. I know I'm the mom, but I need to. <laughs> no, I love it. That's that's exactly why I wanted to have you on. That's great. That's awesome. Actually, I like that. I like that to end. So it's a, it's simple, but it doesn't. It's not as common as you'd think. So be kind to one another. So thank you, so much thank you Kate. I really sorry. Say that again. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate. No, of course. I, I appreciate you coming on and spending an hour with me. Jeez, I didn't mean to take that much time from you. Thank oh, you so I, much. I talk myself to death. Don't worry about it. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm the same way. So thanks again, everybody who's listening. Thanks for listening to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, follow Kate at FF Ball Blast. Go follow her on Twitter. Uh, you can catch all her stuff at 4 for 4 at their new digs at Ball Blast with the red shirts. She's all over the place. She is fantastic. She's a little injury prone, but she's great at the end of the day. She's <laughs> going to be a great follow for you. So everybody make sure to check her out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.